Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Escape. Just a short disclaimer before we get into today's case. I am not a psychologist or a lawyer, so all my opinions are not professional. So please keep that in mind. You can form your own opinions on the case as well. Today's case is about John Battaglia, and I'm sorry if I'm botching his last name. I think he's Italian. I couldn't find much information on John and how he grew up with his family. But let's get right into the case. John was born on the 2nd of August 1995 in Alabama, America. John's father was in the military and just like most military families, he had to move across the country and at one point he also moved to Germany. In 1970, John's father left the military and they were finally able to settle down in New Jersey. Everything was going well. John eventually graduated from high school and went to university in New Jersey. He must have been excited and ready to begin his future, just like everyone else was going into university. John was initially a pre-med major, but he later changed to accounting. What's weird is that he dropped out of school out of nowhere. He said that he did it because a friend urged him to. Which seems weird for me because why would someone just drop out of school because their friend says so? After dropping out, John began to use illegal drugs and he ended up getting in trouble with the law. The incident with drugs made him decide to join the army and this sounds like a good idea for him because he was in that stage of life where he doesn't know what to do with his life but wanted to stay out of trouble. The army is known to be good for helping people in those situations. So John joined the marines and he was doing good. So good that he actually became a sergeant. After serving for a while, he thought it was the right time for him to leave. He decided he wanted to become an accountant, but the only problem was he did not complete his course because he dropped out. John came up with a plan. He moved in with his dad who lived in Dallas, Texas. And during the day, he would model for work. And at night, he would go to classes to become, to become a certified public accountant. And eventually, he did end up becoming an accountant. While living in Dallas, John marries his first wife, Michelle Getty. And together, they have a daughter named Christy. Christy had a wonderful childhood. She would play with her Barbies with her dad and there was actually a time when he built her a Barbie house for her to play with. There's not much information on their marriage, whether they initially had a happy marriage or not, but there are a few things that did stand out that are going to be pertinent to this case later on. The thing is, John was abusive in the relationship. At one point, Michelle, who is a lawyer, filed a request to have John arrested for harassment towards her. John had also been violent toward Michelle. On one occasion, he assaulted her in front of Christie's school. He had once also broken her nose, dislocated her jaw, and he also assaulted her by kicking her at a bus stop. And this was all because of the arrest request that she filed. It was so bad, she had a bloodshot eye and a black eye and she had bruises all over her face, her hands and she had to be, a, and she had to be hospitalized after the incident. When John was asked about this incident, he said he wouldn't really call it an assault. He just felt she needed to learn this lesson. 20 years 
After the incident, he had an interview and he said she deserved it. She's such a word for female dog. She deserved to get the shit knocked out of her. And this is all because she wanted to put him behind bars. Absolutely no remorse for this guy. He goes on to say I should have killed her. Because she is such a pain in the ass. She can't take a lesson. John later pled guilty for a misdemeanor charge and was given probation for two years. This was for his assault on Michelle and I'm surprised that he didn't get jail time. His daughter Christy was shielded from all the violence. Growing up, she didn't even know her mom had been abused. Fast forward and John meets another woman named Mary Jean Pearl. John and Mary hit it off and they decided to get married in 1999, which was about four years after he was put on probation. John and Mary had two daughters named Mary Faith and Liberty May. These two are the prettiest little girls you ever see. They have brown hair and pretty blue eyes. Faith, the eldest, was a tomboy. She would almost never want to wear a dress and she also loved to play soccer. Liberty was the complete opposite. She was the girly one. She would wear a princess costume almost every day. Later into John and Mary's marriage, it became to seem like John had not changed his ways. In January of 1999, John verbally abused Mary and she got a separation from him. He was not allowed to live with her. On Christmas of 1999, which is later the same year, Mary allowed John to pay the girls a visit and spend time with them. It was Christmas after all and it wouldn't seem right to not have the girls' dads around. But John clearly had his own priorities because during his visit he decided to attack Mary and all his daughters were there. Before this, his daughter Christy from his first marriage had no idea that her dad was abusive. This was the first time Christy saw his violent side. Because of this incident, John pled guilty once again to a misdemeanor level assault charge and he was given two years probation. I don't understand why he's only given probation and no jail time when it's his second time. After the incident, Mary immediately filed for divorce and it was finalized in August of 2000. After he was given parole, John still found a way to harass Mary through the phone. Mary tried to get his parole revoked because of this. He was literally bringing this on himself after all because Mary had a restraining order against him and he wasn't supposed to contact her. And as well, he wasn't supposed to use marijuana whilst on probation, but he did that too. Mary also brought up the fact that he had been incarcerated because he had history in domestic violence. And I felt the same. He's repeating the same thing he did years ago. Shouldn't he at least get some time in jail? Even though Mary had a restraining order against John, he was still allowed to have court-ordered and supervised visits with the girls. The court allowed this because he had not been abusive towards the children in the past. If someone has a history of violence, I feel they should at least be supervised. You are still seeing your kid, but at the same time all precautions are being taken, just in case. And I imagine just how frustrating it must have been for Mary to accept this. After another complaint was made, John's parole officer called him. They had to take him in because he was violating his probation. 
John said, okay, just give me one more day to see my daughters. He would turn himself in the next day. On May 2nd of 2001, John had planned a dinner for him and his daughters to have at the mall. At this point, his daughters were six and nine years old. The two girls did not want to go and see him. I'm sure at this point, they had started to get a hint of who their dad really was. We always think we can shield kids from things, but honestly, they still notice everything that goes on. The two girls begged their mom not to let them go. The younger daughter, Liberty, actually hid under her bed and her mother literally had to pull her out and make her go and see her dad. And she had to do this because it was court-ordered visitation and Mary had to comply. Mary was so afraid of John at this moment that she had to pick a public parking lot where there were lots of people and that's where she decided to meet him and let the girls go to him. The last thing that Mary saw was the girls pressed up against the back window of John's car as they drove away and they waved goodbye at her. The original plan for the visitation was for John to have dinner with the girls at the mall, but instead, he took the girls to his apartment. When John got to his apartment, he called Mary. During the call, he told Faith, his eldest daughter, to ask Mary, why do you want daddy to go to jail? John grabbed his gun and Faith cried out, no, daddy, please don't, don't do it. Keep in mind, Mary is still on the phone this whole time. She tells the girls to run, but it was too late. John shot and killed his daughters, and he said to Mary, Merry fucking Christmas. And he said this referring to the Christmas of 1999 where he attacked her. That is so sick. Mary cut the call and she called 911. After he killed his daughters, John left Mary a message on the answering machine the girls had in their room. He said, Hi girls, I just want to tell you how very, very brave you were. And I hope you are resting in a better place now. I wish that you had nothing to do with your mother. She's evil, vicious and stupid. The nerve to do that and then call your daughter's phone after that and pretend to speak to them. That is so strange and so messed up. When the police got to the crime scene, John was not there. One of the first things they could see was Liberty near the apartment door. It was clear that the girls had tried to run when Mary told them to. John had shot Faith three times and he shot Liberty five times. The lady who was working on the case as a murder detective was so sweet. Her shift was over but she called and she asked to do overtime. She just didn't want to leave the girls alone. She wanted to be there with them until the work was done. She says she sees many cases on crime scenes but this case will stick with her forever. One police officer said that he couldn't sleep for two days after being at the murder scene. It's so strange that the murder detective actually cares more about these girls than their father did about them. That is just what's so infuriating to me. But I'm just happy that the girls had her there. Even though they were gone at that moment in time, it's too nice to know that someone was there to take care of them. After the killings, John went to a tattoo parlor and he got two roses representing his daughters tattooed on his left bicep. 
Shortly after that, he was arrested and he actually got into a fist fight with the arresting officers, which left him with a black eye. I never understand why people try to fight the cops. Like, you won't win and in fact, you will make things so much worse for yourself in your trial. So, <laughs> I just can't get my head around that. The police officers later confiscated 16 firearms from John's house. The police believe John killed his daughters to get back at Mary because she complained to his probation officer. This is just a sick thing to do. I can't get my head around how a person can kill his own children to get back at his wife. She wouldn't even be talking to the parole officer if you didn't freaking attack her. I really just can't. A while later, they had a funeral for faith and liberty and they were buried next to Mary's father. They said you could barely hear the sound of music in the church because it was just overshadowed by the sound of people just wailing. This is so sad. I really feel for Mary because she didn't deserve to lose her babies and the little girls too. I can only imagine how scared they must have been in their last moments. Mary said that until the killings, John had never hit the girls. Instead, he doted upon them. Despite his history of domestic violence, she never thought he would be able to harm their daughters. Even after the divorce, he was still allowed periodic visits. When his friends were asked, they as well said that he would make negative comments about his exes, but he would always make positive statements about his daughters. One newspaper reporter wrote, he fooled people into believing he was a devoted father. And I think the same. It's either he just went completely crazy or the way he portrayed his feelings towards his daughters was all a lie. Because if he really loved his daughters, wouldn't that make him reconsider? Alright, let's get into the trial. John's trial was in 2002. He was charged for capital murder. It took the jurors only 19 minutes to convict John of the highest charge, capital murder. His lawyers tried to push for John not receiving the death penalty because he had bipolar disorder. About eight days later, the same jury sentenced John to death. After his sentencing, Mary said to John, you are one of the most heinous murderers of modern times. I would like to say the next time you see me is when they put the needle in your arm but I'm not going to waste my time to be there. Death penalties are automatically appealed and John's attorney fought to change his death sentence into a life without parole sentence. John was scheduled to be executed on March 30th of 2016, but the court issued a stay, which is basically a temporary suspension of execution. They did this so that the court could drew on the attorney's claims that John was mentally incompetent to be executed. The state didn't challenge his stay, so the execution was just postponed. In August of 2016, he was given a new execution date, which was December of 2016. On December the 2nd, just about five days from his execution date, another stay was issued. Again, it was because of the questions concerning whether he was mentally competent to be executed and his attorneys were only given 60 days to argue before the court. In 2016, a mental health expert said John was likely faking symptoms of mental illness in order to delay his execution. 
Before making the mental capacity claims, John was researching on relevant legal cases in a law library. In September of 2017, almost a year later, the court dismissed his claims of mental incompetence. John's new execution date was the 1st of February 2018. His attorneys tried to make more appeals but they failed. John's first wife, Michelle, and his daughter from his first marriage, Christy, both publicly expressed their support for John's execution. Even though Christy supports the execution, she is not doing well. I have never seen someone continuously cry through an interview. Every time she was talking in the documentary, she was crying. And you can clearly see that she is extremely hurt. It's hard because she grew up having a good relationship with her dad. And then all of a sudden she finds out he abused her mother and her stepmother and then he kills her step-siblings. She lost her siblings and she lost her dad. It's hard to just unlove someone. It's a lot of conflicting emotions. She says she's happy faith and liberty are not here to go through the pain that she's going through. The only time John shows any remorse is when he says he regrets the way he mentally affected his eldest daughter, Christy. There's a whole documentary on John and it's done right before he's executed. And the way he talks is just sickening. He makes jokes and he's smiling like some creepy celebrity on an interview. He says there's three things that make our existence. Art, fucking and killing. I don't know why he's so proud of killing. It's not like he's some gang member. Not like gang members should be proud. But you know, you killed your own children. Why are you so proud? When John is asked about the murders, he says he can't remember it. He actually says he believes he didn't kill his daughters. Like it's some whole conspiracy everyone is cooking up. He says if he did kill them, it would be because he was drugged. But he didn't actually do it. But if he did, it was because of drugs. He also says he is not the biological dad of the girls. And that he is only their father by law. And that is just a horrible thing to say about your children. And I'm just glad that his daughters can hear him say that. Because you know how girls are with their fathers. So February the 1st of 2018 comes around. And there's a witness room for people to watch the execution. There's a convict side and there's a victim side where people can choose to sit on. No one was seated on the convict side. And Mary, his ex-wife, was seated in the victim side. Even though Mary initially said she wouldn't go, she changed her mind and she went to watch him die. When John saw Mary in the viewing area, he said, Well, hi Mary Jean. He then turned to the warden and said, I'll see y'all later. Bye. Go ahead, please. As Mary walked away from the glass window that separated her from John, she said, I've seen enough of him. John was executed on the 1st of February 2018. This was almost 16 years after his initial sentence. Alright, so a number of things actually happened after the murders that I think are actually pretty cool. A center for supervised visits of children was created. It was established by Dallas Domestic Abuse Center and it was named after the girls. It's called Faith and Liberty Place. 
that is so sweet and it's such a nice way to honor the girls and also like this needs to be a thing i think parents that have had a violent background definitely need to be supervised when they're visiting their kids another thing is toby goodman he sponsored a bill that would ask judges to consider the history of domestic violence when considering if parents visits with children will be supervised or not this bill was passed and it took effect in 2001 in texas and this is good news we definitely need to be having this parents with domestic violence in the background having these supervised visits the family court judge who dismissed john's assault charge in a previous hearing resigned as a judge and he tried to run for district attorney Mary said, "Uh-uh, hell no." She campaigned against him and she said he kept John out of prison, which later made it possible for him to kill their daughters. The former judge lost the election and he only received 25% of the vote. I don't know how anyone even voted for him in the first place. Even I know John should have gone to jail and I'm not a judge. But it's good to hear that he didn't become the district attorney. I would love to hear your thoughts on the case. I have an Instagram. You can DM me there. It's 90 underscore minute underscore escape. Feel free to DM me. There's no comment section here. I don't know where you're listening from. But some places they don't have comment sections. So yeah. For me, I think this case is infuriating. It's one thing to be a sick person. but to use your own children as a way to get back at your wife over some stuff you started nah that's just extremely messed up personally i'm not a fan of the death penalty i recently did a case about andre thomas who is an inmate on death row and he has schizophrenia i feel in his case mental incompetence is justified i don't think the same about john Even though I think all murderers and serial killers and so on are mentally ill to some extent to be doing that messed up stuff I just think that it's so wrong when the person is manipulative and you can just see it you can see it in their eyes in their actions that they're just trying to manipulate the system One thing that got to me was that it was 16 years later when he was executed He could have used his last words and his last moments to apologize to Mary and everyone else that is hurt cuz you can clearly see he's hurt the police people he's hurt his daughter he's hurt Mary he's hurt a lot of people but instead he just says oh hi Mary it's almost as if he's happy to know that he made her suffer for so long like it's some kind of accomplishment By the way, it takes a seriously twisted mind to say, "Nah, even though I'm mad at you, I won't kill you. I'll take what you love the most in this world, and I'll make you suffer for a very long time." That is really messed up. My condolences to the family. Mary didn't deserve that, and those beautiful little girls did not deserve to experience that. That's all for today. Thank you for listening and please share my podcast. I would really appreciate that. Please remember that there's still a lot of good people in the world and please go out there and be the good that you want to see in the world. Bye.